Hello and welcome back to the Annex Podcast. My name is Nicholas Coy Santillo, and today we have a wonderful four-man pod um, with myself, Anton, Michael, and Zach. We'll all be introduced in the actual uh, interview once we start getting going, and we're reacting to the new documentary about and executive produced by Vince Carter. So uh, without further ado, enjoy our meandering discussion of a beloved sports figure and our analysis as to the toxicity of Canadian uh, Toronto sports fans. Without further ado. I came here to podcast. <laughs> uh, well, if you came here to podcast, you came to the right place because um, we're about to get into it. Um, welcome back to the Annex Pod. Today we have some great friends of the podcast, probably the only listeners if they ever listened. Um, Anton Strasberg, Zachary Tucker, Abram Sams, and uh, Michael Keane um, are all joining me. We all just watched, what was it? The VC, Vince Carter Legacy. Is that what it was called? Vince Carter Legacy? I think it was called Legacy. Oh, okay. Colon Legacy. Um, executive produced by none other than Vince Carter. Um, so this is a reaction pod. What do we think? We just, like we literally just watched it and set this up. So um, I, I specifically tried to shut you guys up talking about it before we before we got started. Really getting you know, I wanted to capture it all on tape. Um, so you know, resume that conversation you were having off the cuff a few minutes ago as if nothing has happened. Okay, so, okay, the movie, we all agree that the movie just sort of chronicled Vince Carter's career. N nothing too um, hard-hitting or... Uh, Lots of softball. Well, it's very much his perspective, right? Like, very much his perspective. In many ways, there are actually some kind of ways where, what was it, the right before, he, like, when they were covering his, um, getting his college diploma, and he was, like, speci they specifically had him being like, look, I, I asked every single person on the team, I asked all the coaches, they all said yes, like... Very clearly, his perspective. Yes. Yeah. So, did anybody learn anything new? Keen, did any? Uh -huh. Did you? Uh, any perspective change? No. We got some, uh, you know, good, uh, <laughs> <laughs> very direct, very. I like it. We got some succinct, uh, succinct good uh, Butch Carter quotes. I like that. It's true. So, I guess. Uh, who would you say is the best interview? That's a good question, actually. Of all the people interviewed, who would you say was the best interview? I would. Because Butch, Butch Carter, Carter. yeah, probably Butch Carter. Right probably yeah. Butch Carter. Yeah, you but, trade Vince Carter for a cold six pack of beer. He's yeah. <laughs> so I guess, uh, Koi, sorry to, I, I think uh, just from my perspective, I think one thing we could talk about very um, early on is like because Vince Carter's uh, relationship with Toronto, Toronto's relationship with him is very, um, I would say, mixed. It's very like sort of uh, some people hate him. Toronto fans are horrible. Yeah, I th I think that's fair, and I th I come I come from the perspective a little bit more than I find most Toronto mm -hmm. fans that um I think the franchise didn't do enough to keep him because I think he's like uh, in his prime he was a once in a lifetime talent. Would you have liked I'm, to see Vince Carter like spend his entire twenty two year career on Toronto? Yes, because I believe under the right circumstance. He could have been one of the best players of all times, and that's where a lot of people take Ooh. a lot of. Uh, that's where a lot of people Ooh. take a lot of. Um, Bold um, is what I say. Oh. Yeah, but I like genuinely believe that. I believe Vince Carter was like the full package. Well, better than LeBron James. Did he say that? Well, best player of all. Time. No, like he amongst the wow. best players of all times. Um, there's a very good debate between our good friends Michael Keane. And Anton Strasberg would have been Kevin's Carter at the point of hiring Julius Irving 
of being GM. I don't know if we want to talk about that, but Vince, we learned this. None of us knew the backroom dealings. There's some interesting things about backroom dealings. Vince at one point wanted Julius and uh, Glenn Grunwald kind of bamboozled that idea. And Butch Carter wanted to be the GM. But wasn't Glenn Grunwald the guy who would have been replaced? So Maybe Glenn Grunwald would have been replaced, sorry. But Maybe like ownership. Yeah, he would have been ownership. There's a lot of kind of backroom dealings, and Vince wanted Julius. And so I said, I didn't know actually. I don't think it's fact. I remember reading in the newspaper that Vince uh, Carter okay. wants the Toronto Raptors to hire Julius Irving as their GM. They had a very close relationship. And Anton I said argue that we should have hired someone with no experience just to keep Vince, which is kind of like what LeBron does now. He says, you hire them or I'm out. So it's an yeah. interesting parallel. Vince kind of yeah, but if LeBron's hire has been people with absolutely no, <laughs> to my knowledge, related job experience, I have no idea what Julius Irving did after he stopped playing basketball. Maybe he was the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. In which case, yeah, he'd probably be a great GM. Um, well, LeBron definitely got. Who was the coach that LeBron got? Who had never coached before? LeBron's got Tyrone Lue. Yeah. He he coached though. Had Tyrone Lue coached before LeBron? Not in the NBA, but he coached sports before. He did you? coach actually. I think before no. LeBron. You know, he makes a very reasonable. Po- I'm not even saying my point is rational. I'm just saying there's okay. this. I'm saying in today's NBA, like today's NBA, if you saw how yeah. the Raptors handled their like generational superstar talent, like now yeah. you'd see any team bend over backwards to keep their player. And we were really quite like lax. Like we were yeah. really What went on with T Mac? Uh T Mac just uh he wanted they glazed he, he wanted to be the number one. He wanted to really move past that quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah they they that he just wanted to he had the talent and he knew it to be number one and he was not a number one. Vince we Martin, decided like, Vince over T-Mac. We, we essentially, T-Mac yeah, it kind of like chose Vince over T-Mac. So T-Mac's like, fuck it, I'll go to Orlando, I'll get, I'll be the number one guy. And he was the number one guy. Yeah, like, and the number one scorer in the league for many yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually think Glenn, my, what I think is I think Butch Carter, and this even, this, what this documentary did is cement my view that Butch Carter, A, should have been head coach. He got like what two years and he got fired. But P should have been fucking GM. <laughs> like his role in the rap like it showed out his But why would why would him coaching give him like like look at what uh, Doc Rivers did as a coach GM. But it sh- it like, why would him being a coach translate into him being a great GM? I don't know. He seemed to have like a very good IQ about basketball and players and I don't know, but he got two years and he got can, which goes to Anton's point about dysfunction. Yeah, and also um, uh, Vince liked Butch Carter, and Butch Carter um, mm. like got the best of Vince. Vince was a guy that needed to be like when he was his young. ass kicked. When he was, young. I think, throughout a lot of his career, like he responded well when Vince was asking. They just like Vince Carter was a guy where the circumstances needed to be perfect. He was like a demanding kind of a bit of a diva type of player. Yeah, but he responded well. He needed a certain type of coach. I think the team should have done more for him. Because um, it seems like, like I but, mean, this is from the narrative that was that was executive produced by Vince Carter that we just watched. But mm-hmm. it seems like there was like a period when he realized it was after he was released by 
the Mavs, I guess it was, when he kind of realized he was going to be a bench player, mm-hmm. and he re- like, recommitted okay. to to the NBA, and I think like it seemed like his attitude changed in a big way. No, but I see what you're saying. Like I can't imagine Vince Carter choke slamming Butch Carter. No, <laughs> you know? like that is just unimaginable. Heavier, no. No, but Butch. No, Carter. more just more just like I, I think Butch Carter would have whooped his ass. That's like, actually true. I could see Butch Carter just beating on his own players. It's true. Just I'm not taking this shit. I, I think yeah. the Raptors were a young franchise and didn't really know how to handle star players. Now, don't yeah. get me wrong. Vince Carter quit on the Raptors. He absolutely quit on the Raptors. I remember watching him that last year, and he. Yeah. I've never seen a player not try as much as he didn't try. He went from 15 points a game, yeah. got traded mid-season, and averaged 27 points a game for the rest of the yeah, season. That's insane. With the New Jersey Nets, so I Vince Carter's not infallible or anything like that. But but the Raptors were like a stupid young franchise, and were just yeah. like. I don't know. He Vinter was a generational talent. Like, well, speaking of giving up, I don't know if you guys ever watched that that one game, the last game LeBron played on Cleveland before the first stint on Cleveland in the playoffs. I think. Did so. you watch this? This the, the, the yeah, Celtics that, game. Yeah, I remember watching that game and like, <laughs> oh. No, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a bit exactly. of a backstory yeah. to that game that I think Zach likes to bring up a lot. In fact, I think he even sort of brought well, up Well, there's unsolicited rumors. I don't know if, how confirmed they are, but the running rumor is that uh, Delonte West had unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> run-ins with LeBron's <laughs> unfortunate run-ins with LeBron's mother. Um, now, That's the, the most interesting description I've ever heard. Now, it's not, not with Vince, but yeah, like I guess the players are really... Just for the listeners at home, what Zach is referring to is the rumor that... Uh, allegedly. Delonte uh, allegedly slept with LeBron James's mother. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a vicious rumor circling the internet. But, mm. Um, but anyways, the, the truth of the matter was that LeBron did not try that game. And I remember, like, because, I mean, we're not, let's be honest, none of us are professional athletes in any What was his mother scope. in the <laughs> <laughs> No, but I remember watching the game, and I remember specifically being what like... What cheering for? <laughs> That's a good question. So the well, answer is no. I didn't see her in the... Le- no, no. Okay. Um, I'm going to see how many more sentences I can get before Keen brings it up again. Um no, but I remember watching that game, and and LeBron was not trying. Like, I remember, like, kind of, I didn't watch LeBron a lot on Cleveland in those first stint, and I like, I knew he was good. I was watching the game, I was like, he's, I, I thought he was a better player than this, and even as like an untrained eye, you could kind of tell that he wasn't trying. And I think that's what you're saying, Anton, about Vince. Is like, he was clearly just like he was getting 15 points a game. That's hard in the NBA, was- but that he was clearly like not putting in the effort that he. No, not at all. Like, no, like, yeah, you're referring to one game um, that LeBron quit, and it was a big game, and it's a big moment in his career. But you know, you learn a bit. You learn the main Delonte West sexual intercourse with his mother, and like, you realize, like, you understand why a guy would be like phased out for a game. That's yeah. the only time LeBron I've ever seen that. I watched like it was more. It was like at least half that season, and a bit of the season yeah. before when he was like struggling and doing one play. He just he's he's. The guy who loves Vince Carter, I've never seen a player quit on their team and, so much. It just was so obvious. Yeah. All he would do, they'd pass him the ball, and he would just turn around and take long-distance jump shots, like the worst type of shots. What about the and response then, to that, Yeah, which is that his knee had a botched surgery, mm. and he couldn't elevate it. I agree with you that the mid-season transition mm-hmm. to the Nets was pretty dramatic, but I don't remember so much if... 
I guess what I'd want to see is is how his game improved holistically over the whole season to really make that judgment, and I don't remember. It's mm. fair, but I don't think the injury was the nagging injury. Like, the season he got traded, he did get injured, but, like, it was after this stretch where he wasn't showing up and not trying. The injury, that knee injury was an ongoing thing, but the that was a couple of years before that. And that this was, is where... That was the start of his downfall. Like, he... But I, but I remember there being things that season where he was like, saying, like, about my mother asked me not to dunk anymore. She's worried about me. Mm. He, like, he there was, were all these things about him needing to protect himself. Yeah, but he... Sorry, Zach, I feel like I'm, I'm just... Uh, he, I'm all around. Well, you're the resident but, Vince Carter um, expert. Yeah. Um, he, the other thing, he was... Yeah, he was... He was, like, like moody. Like, he was moody at that yeah. part of his career, and he was giving weird answers a lot. I and mean, he was just like, it was a weird ending. What um, year was this again? This would have been like two, I think it would have been like the 2003, 2004 season. Yeah. I think he got traded 2004. Yeah, because I remember your mood that year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, because really... 04 was when, was when LeBron was drafted, which is when we got Bosch. Was he traded the same season we drafted Bosch? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So maybe it was 2005. It was like either that yeah. season or the season after. But to be fair, this is where the documentary, documentary miserably failed. I mean, absolutely. I was waiting for how long if, we were uh, before Carter, if you're listening, uh, pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I understand it's from a perspective, but like, basically, the documentary is like Vince had a Gatorade bottle full of fluid, so he couldn't taken out of his knee, taken out of his knee, so he couldn't play well, and uh, he got traded. Story over. Well, yeah, even more yeah, so, yeah. he was saying like, "I wanted to play." He was kind of like, "I and, wanted to play." Yeah, so many times. and it was. Like, they didn't even bring up Anton's point of then he somehow got 26 points a game. Yeah. Like, it yeah. really, it was very cursory. And, like... I mean, to be fair to him, I think coming... Like, his... They had Alan Iverson as, like, a major interview. Oh, Iverson loves but Vince Carter, which was Iverson's, Like, Iverson's um, journey to the NBA compared to Vince Carter's journey to the NBA, I think, it was, like, vastly different, right? Yeah. And, like, by the time... Iverson was in the NBA. I don't think he would have reacted the same if the fan base had turned on him, right? Like by that point, Iverson had already like been wrongfully convicted and like sent to jail, and like he had like lived a very hard life. And Vince Carter seemingly was kind of beloved and like you know always beloved by every team he played for, and always considered like kind of the golden child with the God-given talent. And for a team and a fan base to turn on him which is what happened. Like, I just think like it, there is a, there is a fair point in that, like that affects your mentality. Like that affects all of a sudden, like this whole city, like everyone turns on you, like everyone's writing articles about it. And like, that's tough to live through. Like, so he wasn't used to the criticism, but I think he probably wasn't as used to the criticism as people, not to say he's soft, but it's just like, when you're not used to it, 15 to 27 is a pretty big Delta. I'm not going to take that away from you. Thank you. Do you think part of it might have been that the Nets were just better equipped to get Carter into scoring positions? With Kidd? No, I can see that. Kid. No. Really? Because I watched, he he went from looking like he wasn't trying to looking like one of the better players in the league. Mm. Okay, respect. But I to, just did, he was just good. He was just good Keen, again. He yeah. went to the Nets and he was fucking good again. But to Keane's point, do you think of winning culture, like going from... Yeah, I mean, I think he was reinvigorated, but but but... He he just he would look like a different player. Like he just like like he his like yeah he, he looks like 
See if we could again. Yeah. Oh, we have a Sebastian. My the cat cabin. is just coming to make sure we're talking. But it, well, it is interesting. This for the viewers at home, uh, Sebastian is a cat. Yeah, he's just making sure we're all doing all right. Um, it is interesting. He did say, despite all the hay, and it's very interesting that Vince Carter didn't want to talk about this in the documentary. It's like Toronto grew to accept him again, which wasn't touched at all. Which was yes, it was. Not really. Yes, it was. That was like the last chapter of the documentary. No, it was COVID. Vince Carter came to Toronto during the finals. To that was the Rachel Nichols talked about it. Yeah. And watching the city just, Rachel Nichols just like, it was so amazing to watch him be received yeah. when he came. <laughs> where they received him with open arms. This is what he came. To be fair, uh, I think she's received enough <laughs> shit uh, about online. Uh, we don't even go there. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit sexist. But it's like she smiles at like a player, and they're like, "Rachel Nichols wants that to be the worst way." No, like, if we're gonna make, like meme a little. Thing, yeah, like, if we're gonna make fun of Rachel Nichols, it's about her like you know giving shit to her female. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. it is interesting. Yeah, Vince wants to retire. Fair, right? Wants to retire as a rap. Was it retire like a uh, store to be remembered as? Or well, not like to sorry. He did go. Jersey would be a Raptor jersey in the Hall of Fame. Oh right, yeah. I was pretty surprised. Do you think the Raptors will retire his number? I think they will. Yeah. Do you yeah. think he'll get a statue? No, I don't okay. think he should. Now I want to. I want to open this bag of worms because I think this is actually, I was thinking about it during the, uh, the movie. And this is something that actually is interesting to me as a, and I want to hear your guys thoughts, which is, um, do you guys think, or what do you think about the Toronto Raptors fan base as one of the kind of most inappropriate toxic fan bases in the league? Like how we treated Vince is a very interesting, would any other teams have treated him the same way? And then not only before, he left, but then after for years, whenever he would come back, uh, I was in some of those, uh, the arena for some of those games, and I was one of the many people booing whenever he touched the ball. Um, so, like, I'm not innocent on this, but not just that, but then what happened when we won the championship, when Durant got injured, I don't think anyone was intentionally trying to, like, shit on Durant, but the reaction in the arena was like, and even in the bar we were in watching that game, was there was a lot of cheering and then other people were kind of like shut the fuck up like this guy got injured but what do you guys think about the toronto fan base around here it's like is it is this a hockey well, thing I'm glad you asked that because i did <laughs> say at the very beginning of this process that toronto fans are the worst mm-hmm. um you know but I, I think it happens especially with with teams that aren't good right. um, frustration builds up and like you look at the toronto sports landscape and until Raptors championship, like we had the Jays in '93, and yeah. I mean, yeah, there's been a few Argos Grey Cups here and there. I don't want to take away anything away from that team, but it, and the Rocks, the Lacrosse, the they've been, they sure, but like the combined viewership <laughs> of, of the Toronto Rock and the Toronto Argonauts is nowhere near Leafs Jays Raps, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like look at like when when the and you see it in like in Cleveland, like they've got shitty teams too. Yeah. Um, and when LeBron James left for the first time, they were like burning his jerseys. That's true, um, but he decided to leave as opposed to getting traded, right? It, it was slightly mm-hmm. different. No? But, uh, but look, to Keen's point, I feel like any player who gives up on a city, like, well, I, it's, it's a business. 
And they are employees. No, no, but I'm saying the fans aren't going to react well. Whether they're entitled to give up is a different debate. Okay. Any player who gives up on a city. So LeBron and Vince gave up on your city. One got traded, one left, but it was the same thing. No, no. But, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, though, but... No fan base will react it well. up as giving up on a city inherently means that it's more than the act of an employee... Uh, or actually an independent contractor mm -hmm. looking for better working conditions. When you frame it up as giving up on a city, you immediately have like, they have some kind of op LeBron James doesn't know Cleveland shit. I like, I'm sorry. And I don't yeah. think he should have gone back. I, I don't know why he did. I think it was weak. Well, I think a lot of, I mean, from what I've heard on the potosphere, you know, Bill Simmons would say that LeBron James went back to Cleveland specifically because it was the best option to win a title. It had nothing to do with loyalty. I, I, they had Kyrie Irving, then I like that. And they had the number one pick. The number one yeah. pick, they traded that pick, which was Wiggins for love, and they ended up winning, right? Like so it was purely business. Then I love that move. And this goes back a little <laughs> bit back to my point of like how I started is is like, do we think like obviously there should be some like Vince is very culpable in the fact that as I said, that he gave up. And like mm -hmm. you can't do that. Also you're getting paid like 30 million dollars at that point it's like it's a fair amount of money like you know um so like i think giving up the way he did is not great but like when lebron went back to cleveland he's like hey guys <laughs> i'm gonna come back you know this andrew wiggins who's been like the nut like the most talked about number one prospect over the five first like five get him years. out of here get him out of here because i want kevin love now and they're just like yeah. yes lebron whatever you like do you like this person's teeth? They're yours. We'll take it right from his mouth. Like anything. Do like, you think Toronto would have done that? No, Toronto wouldn't have done that. And that's sort of how I, the crux of how I started this. It's like mm. Vince Carter gets a lot of heat, and rightfully so, but I, I think the it's like a pretty epic fuck-up for a talent like his. Like, yeah. um, and, and It would have been and, special if he had stayed a Raptor for his whole career. Yeah. I, I think there is a world where... Like he's pushed, he has the right people around him. The mm -hmm. team's gonna race. I think it would have been special if he could at least gotten some fucking value for him. That, and yeah, that's, that's the other part. That's yeah. the other oh part. That's just but, another side of it. It would have been handled better by the GM. Have like, we just bailed on? So I just want to ask because yeah. it's a point I make a lot. Do you guys like disagree with me on that? That like like Zach? I no, I I agree with you. And the Annex coaches has this debate, which, which is, is like our group, group chat. Has this yeah. debate all the time, like. Do you, is LeBron in the right? Are players in the right or should GMs run the show? And like, there's people in the chat who say like, LeBron's a master. He's won six chips, you know, by, by being the GM. Like, should a VC be the GM or should the GM be the GM um, on that question? And uh, it's like, it's hard to tell, like, it is. It's, it's a good question. It's, it's like we don't know VC's player or in the in in Julie Serving's case, a GM scouting abilities. And Michael it, was making, yeah. and it was, and it will never be proven. We know LeBron's. I mean, there's some who could argue maybe LeBron would have won more chips if he just, you know, shut up and dribbled in this sense. I don't um, think that's the argument to be like. Uh, I think that's but that is the like, argument on coaches. Like, if you let the GM do his job and he just played basketball, I think it's an unfair use of shut up and dribble. But no, okay. but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like taking that approach where he just played basketball. The GM did his role. Everyone had their roles, and that's kind of you know like. And I side on like 
you know, there's there are certain talents who can run run the show. But then there was Pat Riley who like got LeBron two chips and LeBron couldn't say shit to Pat Riley. Like Pat Riley's like shut the hell up, Eric. Well like, there's two circumstances as I've been working, it's true, Pat Riley but I mean Pat Riley, he's supposed to be really good at just He's in Miami. He's got this whole. Supposedly, he's really good at just convincing. Miami place. Mafia. That's yeah, the Miami Mafia. Like, yeah, I think. Yeah, supposedly he does give a speech like, "Come to Miami, like the amount of sex." Like, you see how many rings I have. It's like, what do you do? You want to come to Miami? Like, he really he gives like a speech. No, but, but LeBron like, wanted Eric Spoelstra fired, and Pat Riley. Was oh, like, I see what you're saying. But I'm just saying there's two examples of Pat Riley did bring LeBron there. I think Pat Riley is uh, pretty staunch. You don't really question Pat Riley. And that's a certain sense where the GM just, he sort of like supersedes anything that LeBron could have told him, I think, and and won. But I do think LeBron going back to Cleveland, I think he was essentially the GM in that certain sense. He said, you want me back? Like, you have to make these And Los Angeles. And Los Angeles, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it is a fair question. And, you know, he... Is right, like Julius Irving. There's no track record of him being a GM. I, mean, I, they, it, I think people were like kind of looking askew at like. So it's a good I, I, I question. Think, I, I think I, yeah, it, it's it's. I don't think it's a uh, an ethical issue on either side. I, mm-hmm. like, I kind of I don't want to get into it the way that Zach is framing this up. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit harsh. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get into the way that you're framing it up because I feel like it's a losing argument. Um, I think GMs are GMs and players are players, and they got to make the calls that are best for each of them, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's it's their job, right? Um, and 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 with the whole Vince Carter question, like I, I guess we could have made Julius Irving a GM, but like, like I don't know if he would have done a great job of that. I kind of feel like the ideal situation at that point would have been trade Vince Carter for more than like. A sack of oranges. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's and and then it would have been okay. Yeah, like it wouldn't have. It been reminds so me of Ben Simmons because issue. that trade was the beginning of the dark years. Yeah, yeah. that like, trade. That, that trade yeah. that was set off a sequence trade. of yeah. events. We all, yeah. That until Messiah Jiri took over, yeah. like yeah. that was bad. The Raptors started hot and. But man, the middle there was rough. Can I well, just say to your point, just if I could just finish yes, please, go, it's a good point. Like, um, you're probably right, Julius Serving. It probably in an ideal world, no. Like if we had gotten better assets for Vince Carter, Turkaloo would never yeah. have played on the team. <laughs> but but in the same point, like let's say we keep Vince Carter and get Julius Serving, like the, whoever like Replaced Julius Irving was it Babcock at that point? I don't know if he was much, but like you know, he was the one that made that trade. You know, so I'm just like I would have preferred Julius Irving to Bob. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, I'm just like maybe at one point, like LeBron, you just go all in on the dressing. He's Bob Babcock. Terribly, (laughs) oh my god, he was terrible. Yeah, let's not. Can we not depress the fans? But I just, um, just before, like we also have to say we got rid of business in business. You have a like uh just an absolute um i don't know, like prodigy or something or like some like a, a complete like guy that you don't think is like ex- like you're irre- like irreplaceable do you kind of you turn a blind eye to a lot of things if you can really like his output in, is amazing like i i think you would to the extent that it's a net game yeah but i, I think also you can have issues of players becoming um 
So like, you can have an issue of a player who's really, really good poisoning the rest of the culture, mm-hmm. in which case maybe it's not a net game anymore. And, that's and you can have issues where a player makes uh, demands for staffing that maybe are just so bad that you know it would be better not to have them and not to make those right. choices. And I think it was heading to that territory. Supposedly they're like... I think you're slightly biased, obviously, towards... I am. I, will, I should have prefaced everything by saying I'm... Like, which is fair. You're allowed I'm to be. I'm a very biased Vince Carter. I just think like, like when we're comparing this kind of like doing what Vince Carter wants compared to someone like LeBron James, like LeBron's kind of always been averaging high 20s near triple-double. Like whenever he's making these demands and he's getting his team to the finals... Like, VC, however good, even at his best, like, we weren't going to the finals every year. The we year that pretty close. The year that he demanded uh, Julius Irving, like, he wasn't one of the top players in the league. No, like, but he, but. And he never ended up becoming one of the top players. And, like, I just, I guess, like, it's, it just seems like it was the weird, if he had done it earlier in his career, and you're like, like, when he was kind of. It's fair. Yeah. In that seven game series with Philadelphia, like, and he's. You know, looking like an unstoppable force. Um, but there is an interesting question. Was that the start of the player empowerment era? Or was that too early? Was no, that the, I think the, well, decision I, was I think the, the idea is that it definitely era. wasn't because he didn't get what he wanted, right? Right, but was that the start of a kind of a slow movement of like players starting to exert their agency more? But how did he exert his agency? He didn't get it, but he made it very vocal. He, he quit on the team. He quit he, on the team. And uh, that they, they had to trade him. They, they had, had to. Like, to and that wasn't really heard of much before Vince. Interesting. They were in a weird spot because you couldn't not play him. He's Vince Carter. He's yeah. like the face. You know, I think we could have mm-hmm. been Simmons, though. We could have, but not. Yeah, I mean, Oof, I, I have this Ben Simmons thing. I, I could not talk enough about Ben Simmons yeah. right now. We could go there. We could. But sorry, I, mean, I, I feel like I cut you off before you were. The only little thing I wanted okay. to mention was just okay. like the the dark years after Vince Carter, mm-hmm. and I think to me it capped off with letting Chris Bosh go without trading him. Like, I think that's an undersold. It's an yeah. underappreciated loss, like because we had the option of some sort of sign and trade or something. We could have signed well. Or... We could have signed and trade him, or we could have just, oh, just traded, traded him before yeah. the end of the season yeah, because it was unsure. Because yeah. he ended up going to Miami, right? Yeah. And we kind of it was all kind of we knew we didn't want to stay, and instead of trading him, we're like, no, no. If we just play well for these last three months, maybe he'll yeah. stay. And of course, he wasn't, and so we ended up losing our number yeah, one right. guy for nothing. And can I? What a fucking pathetic loser thing to think. Oh, if we just play well for the last three months, right? Yeah, it is. Will stay with us. Yeah. yeah, it was just like it was it's just. It was. I think it, it was a, it, that to me was the cap of, of he wasn't staying. And you know, it they was probably so even, clear yeah. that he wasn't staying. And yeah. and if you hadn't confirmed that you were going to sign and trade, which is then you get value but out of it. Can we? Um, and so, something I'd like to ask not. you. Uh, what's your favorite VC dunk of all time, not including dunk contest? Um, it was. It's against the Clippers. Yeah. I believe it's. Um, it's an alley oop against the Clippers. It's it's part of a comeback game where they're down like the whole game and they come back and win it in the fourth. The game ends with him taking a ridiculous three to win the game. Like mm-hmm. a he like catches, but anyways, before that, there's mounting this huge <laughs> comeback here. <laughs> they're mounting this huge comeback and. D. Brown throws a half court alley oop. Like Vince Carter's running ahead. Maybe it was a deflection or something. D. Brown throws a half court alley oop in the air. I'm sure you guys might have seen it. Or uh, we can watch it after. I mean, I'm like, sure I've seen it at some point. Yeah, at some point. Vince Carter, like in the air, it's coming from half court, or maybe a bit in front of half court. Yeah. He grabs it with one hand in the air, 
Ooh. And just like it, and just slams it. Cocks just it back. Cocks it back. It's, it's an alley oop, and he cocks it back. That's a salami and cheese. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I'll amazing. show it to you after. It's okay. quite amazing. It's quite an athletic feat. Wow. But uh, that I think is my favorite. And the dunk of death, of course. But that's just a little bit played out. Like everyone would say the dunk of death. This one I sometimes. On on the darker days, I'll sometimes just replay this one a few <laughs> times to remember what what could have been. Okay. I have to say, I would I would really have liked to see Vince stay on the Raptors through the thick and thin. It would have been a really interesting experience. But sorry, Zach, you were yeah, and just the I, I I know I'm jumping back to the fans discussion. Okay, I don't know if the Raptors are the worst fan. I feel like if anyone did what Vince did, and I agree with Kim, like. Players should make their decisions regardless of the team or the city or fans. But what I meant by quitting on a city is that's how the fans interpret it. Mm-hmm. And I think any fan base would interpret it. So if any player quit for their team, no fan base would be like not yeah. booing that player. I guess the supporting evidence for me is the like, is the Kevin Durant. I was say, the Kevin Durant like, that to me was like a second. You, would any other fan base have, no. have cheered when Kevin Durant got Why injured? did we do that? That's not okay. We were in game six. If he, he had just, uh, didn't he? He had just, just come back that day. Freddie a real hard foul. Was that the game where he did get into a little scuffle? Oh, he, had, he had a scuffle That's with Freddie. So was that the same game where there was that shot of Fred lying on the ground bleeding? Oh, yeah. And I yeah. think that was a shot for the like Yeah, could have been. Could and so I, been. I feel like it was sort of this, like, we were worked up seeing this guy a foot taller than Fred. Bully the guy around and seeing Fred stand up for himself. Yeah. And then, like, feeling like, aha, karma, right? Right. And sort of getting lost in that moment. Not necessarily, like, to be honest, there was also a moment of, like, with Kevin Durant going down, we all knew that we were going to win the championship, right? Like, there was a bit of an elation of, like, oh, this means we've got it. Like, for me, there was, like, I mean, part of it was, like, okay, the championship is in the bag now. Like, if Durant is out, I think at that point Clay was already out because it's it was a big out. move because like he was coming off a pretty serious injury. Yeah. He knew he was even doubtful in this game. So yeah. to see him go down, I think everyone even knew. Like it's one of those weird injuries where it's like you kind of know it's just like a pretty serious right from the get go. It was a horrific. Yeah, it's yeah. like you, I think people just knew it was like a tear in some capacity because like Achilles, just, yeah, it wasn't Achilles tear, but it was one of those things. Like sometimes players go down and they walk it off, but like in this stage, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, fuck. And yeah. he cheered, and yeah. and then it wasn't a good look. Oh, it was a bad look. look. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think I was. It was in the bar. It was very weird. Like, let alone in the in the audience or in the crowd. But I think in the bar we were at, we were all there. If we had won that game, I think we would have won the championship, and we didn't. From what I remember, I think we didn't we did, end up yeah, winning that game. Back. Yeah, that was the game where Chris Horkins was asked to leave the bar because <laughs> yeah. he was so angry that yeah. he lost. That's good. Yeah. 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 yeah, I might have to beat that name. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, but, and also, like, I just, I think, I think Steph Curry just kind of decided to win it for, for Golden State. But he sure did. But he I remember, like, we were in the, we, we were at the bar because if we won, we were going to win the championship and wanted to be all together for the, cha- for the win. And it was just like, you're so close to the win. And we had, I don't know, it's weird because I, I've thought about it because I know a lot of people, especially like in media, have talked about how toxic it was for the fans to do that. And I, I do agree it's a terrible thing to do. But in the moment, as a Raptors fan, it was this weird conflict of emotions where you're like, you're not happy that Kevin Durant's hurt as a person, but at the same time, your team is on the brink of winning a championship, and you're just like, 
so worked up. It's the furthest you've ever been. I think that's very fair. It was a glimpse of like because even my mom, who's not the biggest basketball fan, was watching that game. Remember how well Kevin Durant started? I mean, let's be honest, like, that team was, like, ridiculous. So it's like, yeah. my mom's like, even my mom called me, and she's like, I was really, like, hard to watch, because like, I, I saw them, like, Golden State, my mom's not a basketball fan, she's like, I saw Golden <laughs> State full strength, now that Kevin Durant's back, there's no way we can beat them. Like, wow. and my mom said that. So That's what, crazy. there was that, he was coming back, they were beating us, Yeah. it's like, oh, shit, they're fully back. So I, you could, like, subcon- maybe subconsciously or not, it was like, Oh, we do have a window, you know, like uh, it's opened up again. And maybe yeah. that just came out. You know? I don't think the cheering to me from my personal, I can't speak to anyone else's, but from my personal experience, the, the, the elation that caused any cheering wasn't to do with the injury. It was to do with the imminent victory yeah. Yeah. that the injury represented. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I also don't think Vince Carter would have been in tears when we like, forgave him if like he probably were like the worst fan base ever like there was obviously an emotional moment for him being like okay toronto like he obviously always felt a very emotional connection well let's say who would you say is a worse fan base than toronto the utah jazz they're supposed to be (laughs) (laughs) without hesitation is that, is that soccer <laughs> where, they, where they beheaded the goalkeeper? Oh, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. An effigy of? Or? No, like they, the goalkeeper was decapitated. Oh, soccer. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Jesus. That's pretty fucking bad. What's fucking That's just, that's just yeah, read about mass that. murder. And, you know, like 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 football firms in England like mm. are pretty serious. And like football gangs all over Europe would be pretty serious. Well, let's stick That's to the NBA terrible. then. <laughs> let's stick to the NBA. The Utah Jazz use dirty language. Yeah. <laughs> Have they decapitated a player though? Not that I know mm-hmm. of. How about the New York Knicks fans? They're they're willing to turn. I would argue they're the best fans. Yes, they show no. up. They pack. I mean, the New York Knicks have been so bad for so long, mm-hmm. and it's supposedly still so fun to go to game at MSG. Yeah. And they're like terrible. Yeah. And the Knicks fans yeah, are just like, but, well, like loud. But do they give? They're pretty hostile towards there. New York's a hostile market because there's yeah. no more media than any other yeah. sports. Market, and there's but. definitely some like Boston, New York, where it's just like known that yeah. if you're going to play there, people will be more harsh. Yeah. But I guess that that's a big question to me. It's like I'm just I have a trouble. I have trouble kind of evaluating or like comparing the Toronto fan base to something like Boston or New York. Which has a reputation of being a rough fan base. Zach, you've but always said that cool the, the the Boston fan base is full of racists. Yeah, more than Utah. Oh, I don't know the Utah. I didn't even know this about Utah. But I've heard it about Utah. Utah's a white Mormon, like you know. <laughs> yeah, but no, but, I mean, like, I guess because it is. I guess my question is like, is Zach, part of it that we're Canadian? That you right? Want like, actually, yeah. if you met well, someone knew, from uh, Boston, that you would want to fight them, and you don't think they're shit. Didn't you say that? I've had criticism. He was just trying to start. <laughs> but I guess a very his accent. I don't know if I've said that, but this... Like, <laughs> let me... I could clear the record quickly. There's a story of... With the Come Boston... You things out of this podcast, right? If I really care to go through the whole thing. There was a, a, a story of Boston Red Sox having very racist fans. That's what he's referring oh, okay. to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess, like, but Boston is known for having rough, and I'm, I, but even to ignore the racism, like if but you're for me, a but for me, player like, underperforming. I'm sorry, to do it, but for me, like I feel like what you're evaluating Toronto on right now as a fan base is more how it's not how we treat other teams, 
we treat we, our own. It's how we treat our own. So yeah. 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 That's so kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and, and it is rather Canadian, as you said. We're like, we're a self-deprecating bunch. We hate ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true, though. Like, uh, no, but do they do this? I'm not a hockey fan. Like, do we do this with Leafs? Oh, like, my God. Leafs fans do, are a bunch of our own no. players. But the Leafs fans just sit in fucking The Leafs fans like, go to the arena or suits. Like, yeah. The Leafs fans are they're they're widespread like, and very... It's all across Canada. That, yeah. Yeah. I th- I think they are pretty hardcore fans. They're, fans, oh, but but the, the, yeah, the, the the ones that go to the games, I think, because it's so outpriced, you know, like yeah. Are you, are you talking about the ones that go to the games or the market? I, guess. I think the Leafs is a bit unfair to, to just look at the arena because the arena is a bunch of people. No, we're we're like, a weird fan base. Toronto, I've, I've heard this. Here's what I've heard about Toronto. Yeah. We are very like. Very bandwaggy, so we can mm-hmm. go from like if teams except the Leafs, but it like for the Blue Jays and the Raptors, and yeah. like uh, I think like even the Argos and stuff. Like if our team is bad, like ticket sales are bad. Like it's just not like like surprisingly bad, considering we're such a big city and such a big market. Yeah. But then like if they win, we're such a bandwagon city. Like right. we jump on it, and like fans like that don't really follow the sport. I remember, and I don't have anything against this, but like. I've seen like so many people come out of the woodwork for like the Raptors fans with all these like oh my god guys. the celebration yeah. rally was huge. We're known as a really we don't support losers like well at all. <laughs> we like give up on them and like and just don't show up. Like the Blue Jays had terrible attendance for a long time. The Raptors went through a really bad stretch. But then we're a very like fickle fan base. Interesting. I think we are with the basketball. I always feel like. Like, I used to go to the basketball games, and we were, like, it took us a while to learn the sport. We were quite uneducated about it. And I think yeah. that still sometimes shows. Like, you don't yeah. cheer when someone has, like, an Achilles injury. That's a season. Yeah. You know, they're out, like, for probably most of the next season. As yeah, well. but yeah. injuries cross sports, right? Like, like do, does, do hockey players cheer when someone on their team gets injured? No. no. Or do hockey no. fans? Now, Keem, no. you're, you're talking business. Um, yeah. Do you appreciate that our fans don't cheer losers? <laughs> uh, no, I don't like that. And don't support them. Like, yeah, like, we don't support losers. We're not. That's the thing. Like that's part of the business, though. That's right? why like I'm saying you need to win. Otherwise, you don't deserve the fans. It was my comment. That's on the business. Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to put words in my mouth? No, I'm just wondering what you think about that because, in many ways, like if if the business is just guaranteed support, then like that's not really a business. It's just a cash cow. I mean, I think that uh, sports for for most people represent something not having nothing to do with business. It's about you know competition and human excellence and tribalism. Um, yes, mm-hmm. and uh, except the players, it, it speaks. Uh, I think it speaks poorly of us that we turn on teams like we do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. I I think it's interesting, like, especially because we have a reputation as but, Canadians but I actually for being think, nice, you know? I actually oh, think, yeah, but that's such a bullshit reputation. It is. It is a bullshit reputation. You know, like, the Skydome is known for, like, the most, like, uh, a, like yeah, ruckus fans. A lot of fights happen in the Skydome. Yeah. Like, out of, like we're not every stadium has to stop uh, serving beer at <laughs> I, think, I think now they do, but we were one of the first stadiums that have to stop serving beer. So there's too many fights and too many like people whipping cans oh, wow. at the players. But like, genuinely dangerous. We're we're. Re- 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 I remember re- us as young kids. We we snuck down to the 100 level and we just 
heckled the first base yeah. coach Butterfield. Hey, brother, it, it, it wasn't fortunate that he had a big butt. But oh, to, and he just stands there with his butt in your face. But to <laughs> quote, we were so bored. We just, we just heckled Butterfield. Not even a player, just the third base coach. <laughs> to, to I'm going to take, yeah. The fact that we could go down to the 100 level, because that then the team sucked. Yeah, you, know? you could just go right. anywhere. Like <laughs> To Coy's point, yeah. I think there is value in a fickle fan base, because what the Leafs would do is they would do the Raptors model. They'd be a shitty to mediocre team, and MS, MSLSC would give directions, be like, yeah, we're not going to try to win to the, their GMs. They don't need to, yeah. They don't need to, because... We're just going to pump out revenue. For a long time. We're going to have season yeah. tickets, lineups, and for lotteries years. for years. years. And yeah. so we could be shit. So fuck that. No, you're, we're not going to try. We're not going to raise our um, Meanwhile, in Montreal, cap. if you lose a single playoff series, they flip cop cards. No, but now look at the Blue Jays. The <laughs> Blue Jays have been forced to raise their team salary to $100 million because it's the only feasible way to get anyone in the in the seats at Rogers Center. That's true, isn't it? So I, I don't... Like we have all the Sky Dome. Sky Dome. So yeah, I don't... Why are you calling it? The so I don't think there's an issue with a fickle fan base who demands their yeah. teams win and won't won't accept a shitty product year after yeah, year. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm just sort of answering it. Like, this is what I hear, like, no. the perception of Toronto fans is. Like, you're probably right. I mean... Like, I don't want to see like, a like Boston's steep in tradition, so they have this wonderful, like, you know, yeah. they're always, they're just always fans that, you know, go they're also to steeped in racism. Yeah, steeped in racism, yeah. yeah. But, like, Fenway Park will always be sold out. Yeah. And and Toronto isn't known like that. And just an answer to your question, I don't know if it's good or bad, but Toronto's no, they're, they are a bandwagon fan base. Except the Leafs. Like, the Except Leafs have the Leafs. always been. But, yeah, like, what you want to see the dark days of the Raptors for 50 years? Like, no, no, exactly. That was, that was really well, we wouldn't. The thing with the Raptors, though, is like uh, you, Anton, you were saying, and you, and they even a lot of people have said this. But if it wasn't for Vance, you probably wouldn't have the Raptors now, right? If the Raptors yeah. failed, they would have gone the way of the Vancouver Grizzlies. There is a chance of that. There was slight talk of relocation because both Vancouver and Toronto were not the NBA was not terrible. happy with what they were doing, and mm. so, but and then, yeah. And then Vince Carter came on, my man. So I, I do want to talk because yeah. we're getting near we're the getting, end. Okay, yeah. um, and I want to just spend some time really um, reveling because I, I listen to a lot of the basketball podcasts. And, and there's two things that at this point, it's almost like they've been talked about too much or or the corporate head. Let me get all like, I don't, know, I don't even want to play that game. But people don't like talking about it anymore, which is Kyrie and the vaccine. Um, that's kind of a little point. The bigger point that's much more interesting to me we can even avoid Kyrie if you want, is Ben Simmons. Because I find this Ben Simmons, like, who will blink first with the 76ers, one of the most interesting kind of, like, coming to a head of this player empowerment era, era where he's saying, like, well, okay, I won't play. And then the 76ers are like, all right, we won't trade you. And it's just kind of, they're just sitting there staring across the table at each other, not paying Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons refusing to play when he could play at any time. And also, but at the same time, the 76ers are not doing the stupid move that the Raptors did, which is trading Ben Simmons for nothing, right? Like they could trade him for garbage, like, like the Raptors did for Vince if they wanted to, but their GM is like good enough to say, no, he has value. I'm not going to get rid of him just because of his attitude right now is lowering mm-hmm. his value. So if I was a Probably 76ers a fan, Marder, Lou. yeah, but Maury, I feel like some of the trades have seen. Maury talking about seem like 
way out of line with Ben Simmons. Right. Well, in terms of what they would get? In, in terms yeah. of what they would get. Yeah. For, like, even if he was playing this year, it seems like... Yeah. yeah, I think that's like his public statement stuff, which is a little bit, you know, he's, yeah, he's selling true, high yeah. on his public statements. I, I don't know if it's public statements, because I think play teams would want to send it. I think... Well, here's like, but I've said this a number of times yeah. on the chat. I would you trade one for one Simmons for Siak? And then Zach and I were talking about it. At this point, we said no. It's we, like, we were just talking about this the other day. Yeah. Because Simmons. I, what about the beginning of the year? I, I think Siakam has played himself back and yeah, no, no. better than Simmons. I, I, At the beginning no, of the year, yeah. I 100%. And I agree with you. Simmons' ceiling is still high, but he's. Siakam will never be a first, like an all defensive player. This year, he's improved a lot. He also, like. Everyone at the beginning of the year forgot that he had a big shoulder injury that he was yeah. still recovering from. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, I'm interested, Zach. Like you, so because because Zach, you have this interesting combination of saying like you think Simmons is still really good, but you're also unwilling to trade someone like Siakam, who is not even a perennial All Star. So, well, I think Siakam, if he plays like this, is a perennial All Star. But arguably, if Simmons played his best, would be better than Siakam, right? So not like, if not if Siakam. So. If this was the beginning of the year, I would have done that trade. But I think Pascal has improved leaps and bounds. The player I never saw Pascal becoming. Really, you think know, he's like that? And you, you think this is like he's reached a new tier? Yeah, I think he's reached a new tier. And you think that's like I don't know if it's a blip. Or, well, you think it's better than Simmons when he's playing at his best? Yes. I think Simmons' shooting is too devastating. But Sim, like, okay, uh, we, yeah, Simmons is obviously not a great shooter, but he's like one of the best defenders in the league. He's one of the best passers, like, 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 unarguably, he's one of the best defenders in the league. Unarguably, right? one of the best defenders has one of the best court visions, but his free throw percentage in the playoffs was like thir- below forty. I also think he would have been a terrible fit on our team, to be honest. Right, yeah, like a guy that's just like who can't, can't shoot. shoot. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's like one more guy who, you know, the whole struggle this year has been like who's the guy that can just make something happen, right? Yeah, it ain't, it ain't Ben Simmons. Yeah, um, well, that's why I think it's I think Ben Simmons is such an interesting player because like he's clearly good, but he's also clearly like shoot and shooting is one of those things that almost anyone who's good at defense or can do who can play basketball like at an NBA level at, a, at an elite level can, can improve their shot. Like that's something that every NBA player, NBA player has done is, is get better at shooting. Cause you just, all you have to do is just do some shooting drills. Right. I mean, obviously like it's way harder than I'm describing it, but like it's something you can improve your shooting better than you can improve your defense. It's not like a Jason kid who showed it a, a positive attitude of willing to improve, but you have to remember on Ben Simmons, um, it kind of comes down to attitude, though, right? But isn't yeah. that why you wouldn't want Ben Simmons that's right exactly now? That's exactly my point. But also, like, why? But that's also why I'm kind of confused as to why you think he's good. Like, he's he's also an interesting prospect in the sense player. of like, Messiah Jerry really likes guys that can play defense well, yeah, because they can pick up the offense. Seems to be the philosophy of like, yeah, arguably it's a level could of do that, physicality right? and. Uh, I don't know, hustle. I hate talking about intangibles like that. Yeah. I think it's so fucking stupid. But well, I anyways. think intangibles are indicators of 
other but, but Ben Simmons has just not really improved offensively yeah. like we yeah. wanted to. Yeah. And it's just strange. I don't know why. It's very interesting. That's why yeah. I think Ben Simmons is good, but I would be careful who I trade him for. I mean, the, 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 you are right, Coy, that everybody, I, like, technically he should be able to improve his shot, but it's weird that. But he isn't. He isn't. He doesn't. And not even like a little bit. Like, again, Jason Kidd never became a great shooter, but, but he got became better a good better. enough shooter, you know? Like, yeah. uh, Ben Simmons just has shown no improvement. In and I, I think that does come to attitude. They say he has this very, like, well, I'm good at what I do sort of attitude, which yeah. isn't wrong. He's giving you, like, the best defense in the league. He's a really good transition player. Yeah. But also, but this just, as yeah. you can't in the playoffs, you, you can't have one of your guards not being able to shoot free throws. You just or can't have to that. dunk when he's under the yeah, ball. or refuse yeah. to dunk. It's, it's just well, and it's and the I game think, slows down. And like, beyond yeah. like all this discussion, this discussion all like also ignores the fact that he has refused to play. I know, and I mean that's what also the most interesting thing about about what's happening is that Ben Simmons is a guy. Now, a lot of players, if they refuse to play or, or demanded a trade and were not played, wouldn't be as big of a story because they're not. Uh, potential defensive players of the year. Ben Simmons has, because he's so good, the fact that he's refusing to play is like this really weird thing. And, and it is the, I mean, obviously he's, he's he's represented by Clutch, right? Which is just happens to be like this uh, agency that likes to strong arm teams. Um, but he's also like, is this the extent of the player empowerment era? Right? Well, I don't know. I don't think it's, is this the extent? I mean, it's interesting when you come in player empowerment versus GM empowerment. I mean, there is no GM empowerment movement, but you you get what I mean. When GMs finally will will probably hit a point and and say, you know what, we're gonna reverse power it player empowerment by GM empowerment and say you're not telling us what to do. We're just gonna make you sit on the bench. But that's but, what's uh, happening. Yeah, though, right? yeah. But it's only one. It's it'll be there may be a point where. Oh, GM, so you're saying it's a it's a, it's a bit it's a it's it, now it, a sign of. Well, is it? Or, that's what call it. it'll be interesting to see if this is, if GMs come together to try to stop kind of. Well, from what I've heard, the next CBA there's going to be a lot of right, pushback and that's from what will be trying to change policy. The, the other thing and the more controversial thing about Ben Simmons, which I'm going to kind of put up there, is like also this mental health stuff. I find really dodgy like is it it's like i think he was trying to get like this trying the reason I'm, I'm sympathetic to maury on this is because i think you are trying to get paid to not play basketball like you throw mental health after you're you're you've been suspended essentially yeah. and then you won't take help because you don't agree with their doctors after you've been suspended I mean, the yeah, whole thing. Area that's hard to get into. I don't know. It's difficult, but that's, but the whole thing yeah. to me reeks of like Simmons just like but, like yeah. trying to screw over his own team of money yeah. and have everything from the information you have. I mean, I did hear something about how like his right, I, so, sister-in-law so, no, no, was no, no, dealing no. with some. I'm sorry. If I'm if I have a doctor that I chose that gives me a diagnosis, and I tell my company I have this diagnosis. And then my company goes to me and says, that's cool. You got to talk to one of our doctors. Mm -hmm. I would say no, because your doctor has a vested interest in telling you what you want to hear. Now, from our understanding, though, he, there is no diagnosis from any doctor of his. And what, what it is is that he oh, just made, yeah, he made an unsubstantiated claim that there's a mental yeah. illness issue. 
And then the team offered doctors, and he refused all of them. I thought he had mental... I thought he had medical... No, he claimed this after the team said, I'm not paying well, you. Well, from the, from, the, from the very limited and imperfect knowledge we have in the room right now, no doctor has, on his side, has given some sort of diagnosis. But that's that's what we're working with right now in the room. Yeah. Like, a lot of... Uh, but, he did, but yes, to your point, the fact that he refused doctors that were offered by the 76ers is fully legitimate from his side. Uh, to your point, I agree. Yeah. I, I just mean, like, Zach, can you imagine making that argument in the case of any other employment? I think for a been, social justice warrior. I mean, I, I said this is an endearing For a man who has a passion for social justice. Like for, just, like, well, yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> if an employee said, an employer said, you're not getting paid, and then an employee said, well, then I'm going to claim mental health. I well, feel like that's, we know that's, that's exactly that's, how it went. But that's, but that's what how it went. Said, so, but the employee said was, I have a mental health issue. No, and no. He said, well, I'm going to claim a mental but health But the issue. order was the employer said, I'm not going to pay you. And then Ben Simmons said, well, actually, I have a mental health claim. The order right. of it being reported. Right. So once because Ben Simmons found out, he said, I'm not getting paid. He then tried to find a way to get money. That's my issue. Theory. Which is the, our understanding of the... theory. Right. But if I had mental health issues, I would claim that before... Yeah, that would be the first thing I'd say before. Hey, I don't want to play for your organization. I'd say I I don't want to play for any organization because I have mental health. I just need time. Do you off. think it's possible? Like he just like got hey, really I can't work. I need to see a psychiatrist. Well, so so I don't know if you guys have heard this, and I forget a lot of the details. But there is this whole story that is not talked about a lot because, like, I don't think Ben Simmons wants it publicly. But I think his like sister was raped by his brother-in-law, and that was like this legal case that was going on the year like up to this playoffs. Yeah, and that's something that's like been affecting his family life. Yeah, that's and pretty and um, yeah. his so his sister claimed his brother-in-law or, or some or maybe sister-in-law, whatever that uh, she was raped, and then he countersued her, and he won, and she owed him like hundreds of thousands wow. of dollars. This has been going on in the background of his life. So there's like, it's not like he's just like living a perfect life and has claimed this, right? Like he has his own issues going on in his personal life that may or may not be affecting his mental state, right? Like I just, just to say that like, there's, he's a, he's a human being with fucking troubles. Like we all have troubles, right? Um, yeah, but, that's why, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, and, but just to close the point, the idea that like the NBA and like the team have not come to any agreement. He still has not been paid from what I've heard recently. So the current, like, like where we sit, whatever we understand as the order of operations um, in the room is that Ben Simmons is not getting paid. And if it was like a very serious mental issue, you'd think that he'd be able to find enough, like pay enough lawyers and get enough legitimacy to be able to get that money. You'd think. I mean, yeah, you would think. I think it's really this is like situation that's very unprecedented for the NBA. I don't think there was a huge like sort of. I mean, any other professional sport, even though, right? Yeah, any, like has this happened in any other professional sport where a player's just been like, "I don't want to play for you, fuck you," and the team's like, "All right, sit down and don't get paid." And he's like, it's weird. Like, well, Matt Vince Carter said, I don't want to play for you, fuck you. And they said, we're still playing. So then he went on to average 15 points a game by taking 15 <laughs> But that's 15 games. points it's more. Similar, than... It's actually similar. It is 15 points more. But like, uh, right, like it's Simmons not a is, totally different situation. Ben Simmons is not showing up to practice. He's like literally not but, yeah, playing. Yeah, like, that's yeah. crazy. To be fair to Anton, would you want a player 
playing half-ass or not playing at all. Because remember when Vince Carter got injured that year? Or was it the year before we went on a match? Yeah, it devalued ride? him. That's why we got Eric and Aaron Williams. Yeah, so, fucking draft picks in the so the Antoine's point, it's a better player not trade. play at all. I think Ben Simmons not playing has made him personally, and I'm it, not in the NBA. Yeah. I think he is now valued as like lower than any other player in the NBA. No, but no, I mean, what you do as a franchise is you try to be like, play with us, we'll increase your value, and yeah. we'll try to get like something going here. But it's, like this obviously runs deeper. No, but for the on-court team, for performance-wise, would yeah. you rather have a half-assed Ben Simmons on the court or him not playing an open-net spot up but the, to another the, player? Okay, well, Anton, answer, because I have a, I have my own opinion. It's an interesting question because Embiid's having the best season of his career and you yeah. wonder what Ben really is. is. It really is? Yeah. I don't know. It's been a really... It has been made, a, made some comments along the lines of like, you know, the, the situation that I've been in has really forced me to improve my game. <laughs> it's been, you know, basically, yeah, most highbrow well, shit you could say. Simmons yeah. is gone, and so I had to step up. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, I like I don't. It, it, it is very. It's a very interesting situation. I mean, from my perspective, yeah, like, what's your thing? From my perspective, like if you see a player playing half-ass, like let's say, like like James Harden was playing, and you're like, well, I know James Harden is great. He's kind of just like clocking in, clocking out. He doesn't give a fuck. All right, like if we trade him and we put him in a better situation, maybe he'll try harder. If you see a player that's refusing to play, how do I know? Where, what, what sort of guarantee do I have that if I bring him to my team, he's going to play at all? Yeah. He's proving that like when he's upset, he just won't play. And not playing is like, I don't care how good you are. You multiply that by zero, it's zero. It's a very good point. It is a very and to James Harden's point, it's like you know he obviously didn't play very hard, but he was out there playing, and he's like, "We'll show that he will play." They're yeah. saying whoever makes the trade for Ben Simmons, and like maybe it's a team. It certainly limits your trade options a bit more because maybe it's a team that is in contention. Probably not. It's probably a rebuilding team, but maybe it is a team in contention. It's like he can't. They say he's not even ready to play till like you know even after the trade for like yeah. three weeks. Not that that might determine your long term goals, but. It's still a factor. Like it's yeah. like, and James Harden, as much as he quit, he was showing that you know he was and what, playing and like right. at least getting runs. In, you know? And what happens if your coach of this new team that you trade for Ben Simmons, and then the coach says, "Oh, Ben Simmons wasn't trying hard enough tonight," and then Ben Simmons stops playing again for fucking six months? Like I just, from my perspective, as if I were a GM, I'd be like, Ben Simmons is worth absolutely zero because he's not on the court. Yeah, oh, I don't know that's which zero. means. Well, he's worth as much as anyone who doesn't play basketball right now. Uh, no, I mean, I would trade Ben Simmons for Malachi Flynn if I was the Raptors. <laughs> like, I would make that trade, yeah. You know? Yeah, I would trade Maybe, ben. but I, at the same time, I no, feel not, like, like what? How, no, but no, seriously, we're playing, we're paying Malachi Flynn how much? Like five no, million? I would trade two million? For ben Simmons. You're yeah, at it, but you the, can't. First of all, you can't. Oh, yeah, you can't. But okay. You're, you're not allowed. You have to give up 35 million. Yeah, yeah, but, but the, right? the general, yeah, but the general. No, no, but like, but the thing is, like, we have to look within the rules. We got to break the rules no, of no, reality. No. In the rules of how the NBA works, you have to give up thirty-five million a year for Ben Simmons. So, is it worth that at all? No, yeah, but, but that's not what you said. Yeah, you didn't say Ben Simmons isn't worth any combination of thirty-five million dollars of cap space in the league. What you said was Ben Simmons is worse than any other player in the league. Well, I, I agree with you. Yes, by I, the numbers, he is worth more than Mal- less than Malachi Flynn because Malachi Flynn plays minutes. He's gotten points per game. Right, ben but, Simmons is zero but, points, but, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero like. 
But his he's worth zero. But his yeah, potential, I, if he was on another team, is to you know zero. His his potential is also zero. His potential is he doesn't play. Like no, I would. Every other team, every other player that you trade for, you you know that they're gonna like put their laces on, like they're gonna shut up and play basketball. No, but like. Like you know that players are going to play. Like whether or not they try hard enough is a question. I, but you know that Ben Simmons, his lowest point is deciding not to there's play. There's a certain player you you take the risk. There's very few, but I, I do agree with Keen. There's there's few, but there's some players. You know you don't really care if you lose, and like worst comes to worst, you lose a player you who run in your development plans. And you were never going to use. Unfortunately, those players, as you say, aren't worth thirty-five million. But like in a in a in a world with no rules, in Fury, to Keen's point of like he's worth nothing is obviously extreme. In a world where you have to trade cap space for cap space, it, yeah, it's a hard. It move. is there no uh, what actually is? Do you have to trade cap space for cap space, or can yeah. you absorb? If you do not have a... You uh, have yearly, in the, within the year, not... Oh, within the... Yeah. You can offset it with money, I think. But you oh, don't okay. have to trade $120 million Kevin, for $120 Kevin million. Love's getting paid $31 million this year. Mm. Would you move Kevin Love for... Yeah, that's a good point, because uh, it actually falls... This actually does... It's a good example, because theoretically, yes... But Kevin Love is having a slight resurgence, and is that slight resurgence? Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are also one and a half games behind yeah. the number one team in the East. But like most people, if you ask this last year, one hundred percent cute. But it, it I, this is where Coy's point is pretty. Actually, makes I, I think pretty significant. It's like actually this year, Probably no, you don't have to have a good last guy like. Westbrook. Oh yes, Westbrook. You, you did. I would do, I mean, see like, that. I would do. Actually, that is Westbrook's Westbrook on forty-four. So I that, that yeah. may work. Honestly, I'd rather lose Westbrook. I don't care if Westbrook doesn't. But play. Philly's not doing that. Nobody wants this. But that's the point of Keen. Like Westbrook's worth zero to me because his minus is so bad. I'd rather him not actually play. The Kevin Love, I thought, is actually a very good example. But so it's with, like it's like technically yes, I we trade an aging Kevin Love. For a guy with Ben Simmons, up, you can be a potential. I don't know if I would do that, but you, yeah, but I mean, I, it sounds kind of crazy to say no to that. Like you're right, I don't know if I would do that either, but it does sound what, crazy. The, to say I mean, no. at this point, with where Cleveland is playing, I don't think you fuck up there. But also, at, at this point, why would you put Kevin Love on Philadelphia? Right? Yeah, ah, three point shooter. They need uh, like. Uh, he would clog the space a bit. I mean, he'd be a yeah. backup. But how about the Lakers doing it? You the Lakers would love to do that. They they desperately want to do. Do you think Philly wouldn't? Yeah. Okay, okay so this is my fear. If I were the Lakers, but this no, is my what fear. I was, what I was trying to say more yeah. is like just taking them out of the context of the teams that they're on. Yeah. Yeah. Just like if we were just playing fantasy basketball draft right yeah. now. Like I just think this is where you lose team. the actual like with without context. You're kind of taking away the like no, yeah, I, the situation. I think you do play. make the trade. I think you trade Kevin Love for Ben. Taking out of the context, you trade Kevin Love for Ben Simmons. You do because even with assuming this, Ben Simmons is playing, assuming ben, and that's the risk you're taking. But you're willing. Wait, Kevin, assuming assuming Ben Simmons has played all season, or assuming no, like, or given the circumstances that he has not, and you played. are taking a risk that maybe he has a lot of, another little collapse of some capacity. But in that, but 
He's 25 years old. He's but like this, Kevin, so in this in this trade example, are we ignoring that the Cleveland Cavaliers are number two in the East? We are. He's like, taking it out of context. Because I like, think that you can't do that. No, like, I think it's unfair. An example of a trade. It yeah. is unfair. But but let's just say we can. Let's just say we can. Complete one for one. You, I know I mean, it, one for one. I would trade Simmons for Siakam. I case. wouldn't do that. See, I actually wouldn't. Because, I would because what we're talking about is like without the circumstances, we're talking about no, this no, potential. No, no, Keen's on, but Keen's saying you. Ben Simmons. But the it. circumstances are Ben Simmons has done nothing this season. Yeah. And he could yeah, continue he, to do nothing. But you also know that he was at one point a All-NBA defensive player. And pretty good player. I mean, they shoot it as a major fault. But pretty darn good player. Like, I wonder where Philly I wouldn't trade for Tasca, but I would trade Westbrook for him. Of well, course. see, if I, I was on L.A., though, if I was trade, on L.A. trade John Wall for Ben Simmons? Yes. John Wall's getting $44 million not to play this year. <laughs> John Wall just got... Replaced I would make by Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> see the thing. I, the thing yeah. for me with like if you were if you were L.A. But Keen has were, a lot of points. There's more junk contracts than we think out there. There are a lot of bad contracts. I mean, literally, like everything times zero is zero. Like like twelve points is more than zero points. But, but I don't think ten you minutes think, is you more than really zero. Would, zero. But, but, but I feel like Ben Simmons resting. is zero points. Like, what's, your, yeah, what's the but, guarantee that he's going to play for you? The guarantee he's going to play for you is that it's not Philadelphia. Yeah, but. But okay, look, let's say he goes to LA. You trade him for Westbrook, and then LeBron James gives him some shit in practice, and he gets moody again and refuses to play again. What? Like he's already proven that he will refuse to play. So how do you know that he won't refuse to play again? But there's if some, you if you give him some shit. There's some players that are such a net negative on your team. You take it. like Westbrook is such a net negative. Who cares? And I so, think, but yeah, at I that think point, did, I think not playing Westbrook is the same as not playing. Simmons. I think it's different. LeBron like, right. giving you shit than your than your coach. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not just like LeBron giving you shit in practice. It's it's another star player on your team and your coach calling you out in a press conference. Like, that's that's they another, say you do that third person. They, they say another that's, level, man. And they say that's your uh, big NBA football. Like I, I don't blame Doc Rivers. Like Ben Simmons sucked that game, but you see, they say you never devalue your player. Like it's just sort of a, an NBA like unwritten rule. You never want to make any of your assets devalue. And they say he did a lot. He made that comment about he's not sure if Ben Simmons could be a like a championship a point championship card. player. And they say that really a it affected Ben Simmons and got yeah. added to this whole. But then, like we were just, but, we were just phrasing. Like, but, we but, just... but you're constructing this future scenario where, like, something gets said during practice. Like, this, it was a pretty big slight. What happened? And I'm not saying his actions are justified, but I think your guarantee that he plays for you is that you don't publicly insult him to the media. Like, but is it like, like, is it an insult? Like, is it really an insult? It's not done. It's it's considered really inappropriate. It's and what is it considered to not play for your team for six months? No. Very inappropriate. But what does so that have to do with like, the fact that it's inappropriate? It's like an eye for an well, eye. Like I mean, and like, I'm not justifying his actions, but the, the one has nothing to do with the severity of the other. Keen's well, but I think it. I think there. I think it is though, because like if like no one's firing Doc Rivers for what he said. Right, and like, but I imagine um, he got a talking to. No, but that's Did he come out and openly apologized for it? He had. He. It's actually kind of funny to watch. He spun it around. He was like, he said, because I think he was asked, "Is Ben Simmons a championship point guard?" And and he said, I don't he, know. He, I don't know the answer to that question. Know. 
Like he he spun it like he didn't quite understand the question or something. So he, he didn't came out open, and like, like so he didn't it, he didn't eat his humble pie, right? He didn't come out and be like, "Look, I'm really sorry. I was in a bad mood. I should never have said that." Did, did he come it. out and the say that? Is a character. No, but but, he did, but, but I think but like, that, if it's like if it's so faux pas, why hasn't anyone in Philadelphia come out and said, "We're really sorry, Ben Simmons. We should never have but said that." But that goes to why Keith, don't they say that? But that goes to Keane's point. If he's on a strong organizational culture, does that change? And that's Keen's whole point. Like, if you're 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 basing your assumption he's in this terrible talk. Well, but are we talking about by strong organizational culture? We're kind of talking about like power and player empowerment. No, but right? like, like, would Messiah ever do that? Would that ever happen in Toronto? The answer we know is no. But but you were praising Butch Carter earlier, and Butch Carter, like you let you were praising him because he was hard on Vince. Like, would Ben Simmons fold under the same pressure that Butch Carter placed on Vince? But Butch Carter didn't call out players in press conference. There's a difference between being hard and having a good organizational culture. So you think Ben Simmons wouldn't have folded under Butch Carter pressure? Not not under Glenrod than Butch because it's a good organizational culture. I think organizational it's no so matter. So I, I just think it's it's kind of ridiculous to say that Ben Simmons has absolutely zero value going forward in the NBA. I mean, to be, to be honest, it's an extreme statement for sure. But I think that literally a player who does not play I mean, it's, is it's, it's zero like, value. It's like on the level of like a Skip Bayless Hawkins. It's, it's Stephen A. Smith, and I can shout more, you know? We're this gonna... guy has zero value. Zero! You know? We're trying to get listeners here. Yeah, we're trying, I'm trying to get some, some yeah. tweets. I'm trying, to get on the, I'm trying to get some aggregates. He going gave there. a list of teams he played for, and I think he did say play for, you know? like, like uh, Yeah, it'd be great to, for him to play. Like, but like you have to play to have value. Like, it, it's, play. it's absolutely what about, absurd. What about D'Angelo Russell? Would you move him for. Oh, Russell? I hate the answer. Yeah, but he's making $30 million. I don't think Daryl Morey wants D'Angelo Russell. But would you? Would you? If you if you could get Simmons for Russell, would you? Just because I have to right now, because I have to make a trade. Yes yeah. or no? No, well, yes I would. I would no. make. I tried to wait for something else. Yeah. But Andrew Russell is not a. He's not going to shift the needle. You know. He's. A, I don't know. He's I a, mean, you're receiving Simmons. Oh, wait, oh, sorry, would sorry. You I, give up Andrew Russell. Oh yeah, yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I I, mean, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think NBA, there are sometimes you take very risky moves. Because I th- personally, the, my perspective is that if you're a team and you're looking to get Bill's, uh, Ben Simmons at this point, what you are tacitly agreeing to is kowtowing to Ben Simmons. Yeah. And that means that like you can never do anything or say anything in any context that might upset him, which means... How can you be certain that he will do like that? You that you, he will do anything for you that he doesn't want to do, and, and which yeah. means like how can you coach him? How can you, and, how can you do that. anything with him? Like if he wants to try today, maybe he'll try. If he doesn't want to play, he won't play. That is by far the riskiest proposition of any like that you could ever have. And I think that if you get Ben Simmons right now, what you're committing to is not insulting the guy in public. And we're, what like and like by insulting being like I just lost a rough playoff series because he like decided not to do like a a gimme dunk and I'm upset and I say yeah I don't know man he's it's it's tough seeing him not do this and that's an insult and that 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 justifies him not playing for six months to the press yeah you're that, a team that was known as a pretty big again I'm not I'm not like listen teams, look, no, like teams yeah. come inwards like, and and present a unified front 
to the outside world. This is just a, something what I heard. Like it, that was, and I, I don't know. Like I don't know. Like I don't know. But that, supposedly that was known as like quite a football. Like you can talk to the media and say, "I didn't like how he played today. He needs to step it up." You can like actually try to encourage your players through the media. But like he, something about the fact that he really like put his trajectory out there, and it's like this guy. He doesn't know if he can be a championship point guard. You know. See, I feel that, to be honest though, like literally, like. I that's that's my, a big statement. I think. Like, the one question why, like, has this ever think, happened to anyone why else? Do any you know, coach why do you think that similar? sports interviews are so boring? Yeah, true. Right? Like, what do you guys need to do better? Well, we need to play with heart. We need to give it 110% for all four quarters. We got to hit our sharp shots and we got to play hard nosed defense, is the most non answer yeah. possibly, right? And the reason it's a non answer is because this player knows. Fucking well, what they've got to do better. But right? I could, and yeah. they know what the weaknesses of the team are. But you don't talk about those things to the press. I just think if, like, like Doc Rivers is Doc Rivers. I don't think he was being like non out of character when he said what he said. But like, and if if Ben Simmons had I come he, back yeah. stronger, everyone the narrative would have been yeah. Doc Rivers. You know, was was brutally honest. And Ben Simmons took it to heart, and that made him a better player. That would have been the narrative. But to, to our point, like, we saw DeMar DeRozan have, like, nine-point playoff games. The coach never was like, DeMar needs to, you know, like, be Toronto's. Yeah, that's well, a good question. They never, they never really went there. But was, the quest, was the question ever, can DeMar be your yeah, champion? Yeah, DeMar was questioned all the time. I think the thing the is, to be should have like, but, got, I'm sure they get some sort of media training or something like uh has been really long enough to know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. no no coach ever said DeMar needs to be like a generation. No, it's a good example. Style. We're in a couple of terrible games with this, but I don't think you'd see Dwayne Case Dwayne Casey saying DeMar can't get there, you know, like he can't be this type of player. I think I think that's just known you know, I hear something interesting from Nick Nurse, which I think is probably explains like is Nick really, Nurse has said some of this shit about our rookies. You know, I've heard him specifically, I'm like, what do you think about this rookie? He's like, nah, not good enough. Yeah, He's well, I, I've heard Nick Nurse say about specific games that this person wasn't playing well enough. But but, but, but that comment was a really... Doctor's comment was very much a very sort of... Uh, but, I mean, to uh, me... to uh, As a player, like a, like a, the player's right, but, trajectory. Like but to me, like... Player. Yeah, to me, but, like, I think what we're not what we're not necessarily appreciating is that what Doc Rivers was voicing... Was was years of institutional frustration. Yeah, and Simmons sure, not sure. putting in the effort, right? Yeah. Like the fact that he wasn't improving, the fact that he so wasn't that, putting yeah. in this effort, that he wasn't getting better at shooting, that he wasn't like making these these efforts. That like someone like Demar was clearly year after year getting better. Like what? And and him being asked after like up. right after this loss, that was like a clear just like mental yeah. breakdown, and being like, I don't know, man. Like this guy is not putting like. I don't know what's missing, right? Like, he's like, I don't know why this isn't working. And it's just this kind of, like, lost, like, this is what we're dealing with in this institution, which is this kid is has it all. Will he do it? I don't know. Right. And to me, what Ben Simmons did in response proves his statement, which is that he said, all right, well, then fuck you, I'm not playing. Like, that just proves the statement of I don't know if he can do it. Yeah, it's, that, that's cool. fair. I will say, what I was going to say about Nick Nurse just quickly is, like, they asked Nick Nurse, like, what he tells, like, what, like, things he'll tell every single player. Mm-hmm. And supposedly Nick Nurse will say, there is a chance, you know, this is a business, there's a chance you will get traded, but you're with the Raptors now, and our main goal, as well as, like, being a winning team, 
is to raise your value at all times. Like we're always working to raise your value under like any circumstance. Yeah. Like uh, if it's like practice, even if you're not getting playing time, you know, well, like that's, so you can be assured of that when you're with right. the Toronto Raptors. And I think it is an approach that seems to be a, a why. I, I, I just heard this was quite a faux pas by Doc Rivers. And I'm not saying it justifies it. No. I think it's pretty, this is a very complicated situation. I don't even like, as we talked about earlier, getting that much into it because there's this whole mental health angle and it's 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 unprecedented for me. And yeah, kind of like yeah. sensitive, but I do I do know that like from what I understand, it's a pretty big mistake by Doc Rivers. To, and it, uh, and it is interesting in an NFL they hold out a lot more. All right, yeah, Keen is yawning. He's yeah. got to get out of here. Um, We're doing well, so my agent told me this would be a forty-minute episode. <laughs> uh... Keen's got a hard out, as we mm. like to say in the industry. So, uh, thank you so much. This is obviously something that uh, we people who have nothing to do with the NBA won't be able to solve. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, uh, lots of love to you, Ben Simmons. Hope you're doing well. And, I do uh, doing well. Uh, we'd love to see you back on the court. Wait, Until what do we then... think about Vince Carter? Probably we like him. We. Nah. What was our final conclusion? Wait, him or the legacy movie? <laughs> the legacy movie was exactly what uh, Vince Carter wanted produced. To be. Yeah, yeah. So Vince Carter. It was, exactly, that to be. It was a Vince yeah. Carter deep throating movie. Jesus! Wow, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> What? What, what, what? And that's all from us tonight, everyone. <laughs> uh, I've been Michael Keyes, and you've been wonderful. Thanks so much. Good no, night. it was a lot faster. <laughs> all right, until next time. Thank you so much. <laughs>